Um, all right, let's uh, look at God's Word together, shall we? Um, we're going to be looking at two passages. I'll be reading out two passages. The first one is from just one. Which one, Paul? Timothy? All right, just one. Um, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 to verse 10. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 to verse 10. All right, follow along please as I read verse 6. If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hopes set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. This is the Word of God. Thanks, Daniel. Ah, good to see everyone. This is uh, different. Um, hi. Okay. <laughs> Yesterday, uh, we had our marriage conference, uh, if some of you may know, um, and I just want to recognize the people who volunteered and took care of the kids, because um, we, the, the married people got to go, and we, we sat down, we had a seminar, we heard, we discussed, we, had, we ate lunch, and for like, how long was it, three, six hours, seven hours, our kids were taken care of by this group of amazing people, and so can those people just stand up, Daniel, um, Mincha, you were there for a bit. Linda, please stand up. Can I just, uh, can just say thank you to you guys? Please stand up, please, please. Asindi was there. Michael was there as well. Michael was helping out. Was that, who else was there? Was that it? Did I miss anyone? Okay, all right. Well, thank you guys. And um, hopefully, I trust for the married people it was fruitful. Uh, I'm really excited to get into deep conversations about the things that we heard. And so it'll be good for even the parents that were there to you know, check how uh, our fellow parents are going and if we're applying the things that we heard. All right, now, for no further ado, let's continue. Uh, We're jumping into a new series today. Uh, The series is called The Daily Grind. Um, This year's vision is about walking with God. And when we think about walking with God, uh, a lot of times we think about the things that happen on the Sundays, right? The the preaching, the praying, the singing maybe. Uh, But... Where is God in the Monday to Fridays or the Saturdays and Sundays? Or where is God in every other day of the week? Right? I believe that walking with God is more than just a Sunday thing. It's a every moment of our lives thing. And so in this series, we're going to take, it's a seven-week series, um, and we're going Monday, this, Tuesday, this. And we're touching on kind of everyday moments of our lives, and we're asking, how does God show up in these moments? Right? And so we're going to talk about stuff like, you know, when you go to work. Right? How does God show up? Where is God in all of that? Uh, when you pay the bills, when you go out on Friday night drinks, uh, when you hang out with family, or today uh, we're going to talk about when you hit the gym, where is God right in, in that? Um, when you're at the gym and you're doing your bicep curls, and you're staring at the mirror, the sweat dripping from your face, the music booming in the background, where's God? Right? Is God there? 
Is God in that picture? As you go for your morning jog, is that, is that worship to God or is that just me you know, running around in circles? As you do intermittent fasting or you choose to have a salad instead of you know, maybe something unhealthy, is that being holy in any way? Or is that just being smart? Or is that being vain and therefore ungodly? Uh, where does God show up in all of this? Right, so today I want to talk about, you know, I'm going to touch a few different points, but it's about exercise, but it's also about health. It's also about eating healthy. And where is God in the midst of these things? Now, the main passage that we heard from that Daniel talked about is, uh, Daniel read, is First Timothy chapter 4. I'm going to read it one more time. It says, uh, Paul says to Timothy, train yourself for godliness for while bodily training, and so this is like exercise and taking care of your body, bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Now, I don't know if you can see what Paul's doing here. Um, He's ensuring that Christians don't uh, get imbalanced when it comes to exercise. But he's saying that there's this middle ground that we're trying to stay in. You don't want to undervalue it and you don't want to overvalue it either. So you don't want to undervalue it because he says that it is of some value. And so no Christian should completely disregard health. No Christian should completely disregard exercise and say, well, I don't care about that because I'm about the Bible and I'm about prayer and I'm about church. So those things don't matter. The physical don't matter. Paul would say, no, no, bodily training has some value, right? But at the same time, he says, don't overvalue it because bodily training is secondary, to what is far more important, which is godliness. Right? The things of the faith and the spiritual things are far more valuable. And so it's wrong for a Christian then to say, well, the gym is everything and is all that matters to me. And trying to find a place in the middle where we can balance these things. And so those are my two points. Don't overvalue and don't undervalue. And so first, don't overvalue. Now in this first point, I might step on the toes of some of us who love to exercise, who hit the gym every day, who are on like a strict diet and eating salad all the time. This might step on your toes. Now, the next point is going to step on my toes, which is don't undervalue exercise. And all the people who don't exercise, you know, will, will be a little bit pushed there like me. Right. But this one is about not overvaluing health, the body and exercise. And we know we've overvalued it when we do these, one of these four things, right? The first is when we start to say, this body is most valuable. This body, exercise, and taking care of my health is the most important thing. I don't know if you've heard that uh, phrase, um, health is wealth. It's like, yeah, but it depends what you mean. Because if that's your whole wealth, right, then you have overvalued your body. Is physical training to you more valuable than your spiritual training? Paul says here, while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way. As Paul contrasts these two, he's not saying that um, like bodily training and exercise, let's give it 20%, and therefore following God is the rest of the 80% of my life. That's not how he divvies it up. He says if exercise is 20% of value, godliness is of value in every way. It's 100%. It's always good. It's always right. And so no matter what we do in this life, there's this overriding kind of 
purpose, which is our godliness, which is to live following God. That's always the thing that is driving us. Right? That is always far more valuable to the Christian. And so we have come to overvalue the body or exercise or health when we believe or behave in a way that we treat this, my physical health, is far more important than my spiritual health. Right In a world that says a lot about our bodies, that says a lot about how we look and about the things that you wear, right? the Bible's constant reminder is that it is your godliness. It is your character that is far more valuable. And you should be thinking about that and investing in that. Right? And never let that go, even as you pursue health. Which of the two do you obsess about more? Your physical health or your spiritual health? Which of the two matters more to you? If you had to only choose one, would it be to stay spiritually healthy or would it be to maintain physical health? What do you get more upset about when you're going through a season of spiritual unhealthiness or when you look in the mirror and you feel physically unhealthy? Right? Which one upsets you more? The Bible says it is the spiritual that is far more important. When we treat physical training as more valuable than our spiritual training, we have overvalued exercise, health, the gym, dieting, etc. If we are more consistent in our commitments to hit the early morning gym than we are to seek God's face, then our priorities are a little messed up. If we're more consistent to fit a healthy meal in the morning than to sit and devour the Word of God, then maybe we've got our priorities the other way around. If we're consistent in our weekly exercise, more than our walking with God, right, maybe we've got our priorities mixed up. Right, so we know we've overvalued the body when we treat it as if it's most valuable. Right, the second thing is that when we treat it as it's all I have. And this is kind of linked to the first one. But the question is, do I live in the knowledge of my future glorified body? Right, that's the question. Do you live knowing and in light of one day when you die or when Christ returns, you are going to get a perfected body in Jesus, right? Is, is that what, what, what drives you at the end of the day? Do you remember that? Or do you live as if this is all I have? Paul says, verse 8, while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. And so as Paul is contrasting physical and spiritual, he's saying the physical doesn't give us a promise for this life and the life to come. This body only gives us promise for this life, but the spiritual gives us life promise for the life to come, right? That's that glorified body. If you're a Christian, it doesn't matter what your health is like right now. When you die or Christ returns, we'll be resurrected with a perfected body, right? And live forever. And that, that's our ultimate promise. That's what we think about. All of our training and gym only holds up for now. And the reality is, because of sin, we hit like a, a turning point in our lives and it's just like, it's downhill. And you can kind of slow that hill, but it's, it's down. And we, we're going we're gonna to get saggy and we're going to get old and our joints hurt and it's going to get bad. There's a limit to this physical body. It's not all we have. What we have is the perfect body that is to come. In our spiritual faith, as we endure, as this body falls apart and dies, 
if we have faith in Christ, we know we will get a perfected body in Christ. And sometimes we overvalue this body, health and exercise, when we forget that we have a perfected body coming. When we treat it as if this is all I have. Right? Remember the promise that God has given to you. When you remember that you will get a perfected body in Christ in the future, it helps us to not love this body too much. And it helps us not to hate this body too much. Not love it because, you know, this, this isn't all I have, right? I've got a better one coming, so I don't hold on to it as much. But also not hate it as much. For those of us who may look at our bodies and be unhappy with it. Uh, maybe you've been hit with age or accidents and there are problems with your body. Don't hate it so much because it's temporary. God will still give you a perfected body later. And so sometimes we overvalue our present bodies where we don't fix our eyes far enough in faith do you treat this body as what you have if you do maybe you've ever valued it the third thing is when we begin to think this body is for me right we've come to overvalue body exercise and health when we exercise and eat well for my sake is my bodily training for god or is it for me now I think it will always be to a degree kind of for us. But is God in that picture? Is he in that process of thinking, in that drive for you to stay healthy? Does God even play a picture in that? Paul says again, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way. It holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Verse 10, for to this end, we toil and strive. Now these words toil and strive are words used to describe people who are, you know, exercising. You, know, you toil and strive in, in the gym as you're doing, you know, bicep curls or the bench press. These are language to talk about, you know, pushing your body. And yet Paul's like kind of doing a play on words here. And he's saying, I toil and I strive for this end, this goal, this goal being the spiritual things. Right? That's his drive, even in all the physical things in his life. Right? Even your exercise or your eating healthy or the gym should be the means to a greater spiritual purpose. It, it should be for the glory of God, not for the glory of yourself. Right? And I'll come back to this. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it says this, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. Right, this immediate context, what Paul's talking about here in 1 Corinthians, is about sexual immorality. But his point, his principle, is that your body was bought by Christ on the cross. When he died in your place, he won you. He, he won you out of sin and slavery for God. And so now your God, your body, he says, it's not your body. Just like your gifts I said last week, it's not ours. It's God's. And so it's on loan to us that we might steward. So glorify God, he says, in your body. It's for God. And so as we treat this body well and as we maintain health or we exercise, we're here to glorify God in it whether it's eating or exercise or activities, is it for God or is it for you? Is God playing a picture in it at all? 
The thing about exercise and working out, like last week when I talked about gifts and how we should steward it for God, um, I think exercise is trickier, right? Because like, it's hard to not do it for, for me. Because right? you, know, you want to look good. Everyone wants to look good. Everyone wants to like walk around at the beach and like, oh, okay, I'll go for a swim. And like, oh, everyone's like, and, and you, we want that, right? We, we want to look good. And so I think it's tricky. And only you, in the honesty of looking into your own heart, can really say, am I driven purely out of selfish motivation? Or is there a drive to stay healthy because I want to live for God? Right? Is God in that picture at all? And only you could answer that. Do you toil and strive? Do you want your body to look good? Do you want to get bigger in your arms? Do you want to look slim for God's glory or your own? Is it for God to be made known or for you to be made known? Is it so you can love others and serve others? Or is it so that you, could, you yourself can be loved? Is it self-service alone? Again, it's hard to be completely for God in our exercise, but is he there? Right? Is it still me and for God? Right? Is God playing a part in that picture? And number four is the last one. This body is my hope. We've come to overvalue the body and exercise when it becomes our source of our hope rather than God being the source of our hope. Is your body the source of your hope for confidence your hope for your identity, your hope for your significance? If so, then you've come to overvalue it, even maybe above God. Paul says in verse 10, for, for to this end we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God who is the saviour of all people, especially of those who believe. His hope, he says, it's set on God. God is the saviour. The believer has anchored their faith on God. We depend on Him. He's the hope for my you know, present day. He's my hope for you know, enduring through the troubles that I'm going through right now. He's my hope that I might overcome my temptations. He's the hope for the victories that lie before me. He's my hope that I'll get glorified bodies. So we anchor our lives on God. We depend on Him. But Paul says in Ephesians, Be strong in the Lord. And in the strength of his might, that's the Christian. God is strong, right, even in my weakness. But as we exercise and we get strong and we achieve and we accomplish, there is a possibility that we then begin to rely on ourselves than God. Right? Rely on what my body can do, not what God has already done. We rely on my work and not God's work. Right? And there's a good part of the accomplishment right it's good to feel like you accomplished something it's good to feel like you've hit a goal but i think it can become to a point where now you rely less on god's strength and you're relying on your own and it doesn't even have to be physical strength your mental strength because i've, I've, I've been able to you know, accomplish these things my hard work and maybe then we begin to find our identity on ourselves and not god our courage in ourselves not god our significance in ourselves and our bodies and not God. We've come to value the body too much when we lose the grip of dependence on God. And this body, which is a good thing, right? stained with sin, but still a good thing, and health is a good thing, um, but when it becomes, you've heard the saying, when a good thing becomes a God thing, it becomes a bad thing. 
And when health and exercise, this good thing becomes a God thing. It takes the place of God and we depend on that. It has then become a bad thing. And so we can overvalue our body in these four ways at least. When we treat it as most valuable, even more valuable than spiritual training. When we value this body as all I have. And so we pour everything into it, forgetting that we have a perfected body to come. When we treat this body as if it exists for me, rather than as if it exists for the glory of God. And when we treat this body as my hope, my hope for confidence, identity, significance, etc. If you see glimpses of these in yourself, in your exercise, in what drives you to stay healthy or eat salad or quinoa or, you know, there's all these things that we do, right? I was talking to Pete yesterday. He does intermittent fasting too. It's not a bad thing. But, you know, the, the, the things that we do aren't bad, but it's, it's really the hardest to drive. If you see these things in what you do, uh, maybe in those moments you aren't walking with God. In those moments at the gym. Right? When you're hitting your reps, maybe you're not walking with God in those moments. And God isn't showing up because you are really doing it for yourself. It's good to reflect on this, pray about it, come before God with an honest heart and wrestle with Him about these things. Now, let me talk, about, talk to those who <laughs> don't exercise, like me. Because at the same time, right, even though these things are true, right, the things of faith are far more important than the physical. Spiritual training is, not as imp- is far more important than physical training. Um, our hope is in God and not our works. Um, and, and you know what? The Christian who lives this life only eating junk food, never getting out of their chair, completely unhealthy, when they die will get perfected bodies like the person who worked out every day. Right? That's the reality. They'll get a six-pack in heaven, like all of us, or maybe eight or ten. I don't know how it works. We're going to have perfected bodies and yet it doesn't mean we should live that way it doesn't mean so i guess shoving each other don't don't elbow each other it still means we should not undervalue the body right there is a place for eating healthy for exercise for stewarding this body well right paul says bodily training is of some value not of greatest value but not of no value it is of value and we need to find that balance and so i want to talk about three ways that exercise and any healthy and all that is valuable to the christian right you can think of generic valuable to the non-christian out there how is it valuable to the christian right three things Exercise can be for God's glory because it honors this body as if it's God's. Right, 1 Corinthians 6, we read this. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? Right? When you become a believer, God chooses, the Spirit chooses to make His dwelling within you. The Spirit is inside of us, right? You used to have to go to a temple where God's presence was, but as believers, now God is with us, right? I don't know if you've visited a temple, even some churches. Um, When you step in, there's an expectation that you will be reverent. They will treat that place with respect. When I went to Thailand, um, when you go to temples in Thailand, they got a list of rules. You're meant to do this, not do this. 
You've got to take off your shoes when you go into the temple. You've got to dress uh, nicely or appropriately, right? not weirdly, not, not, not too revealing. You've got to keep your head lower than the statues of the monks. You're not allowed to shout. You've got to talk quietly. There's no smoking, no alcohol. But all of these things is like a desire to honor the temple because they believe you know, their gods exist there. And there's a general honor and respect that we give to things where God is. And if this is the temple of God, what does it mean for me to honor the body in which God dwells in? Right on top of this, Paul says, you are not your own. You were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. This temple where God exists is not mine. It's God's. God has bought it with a price, and therefore I want to honor it. Right? What's it look like to honor your body? It's fading We'll all die one day. We're going to go to heaven and live forever. But still, while we're on earth, we honor it. Right? I think it would be improper to treat our bodies without care. If this is God's and we're to steward it. It would be improper to unnecessarily let it fall into ruin. Unnecessarily be unhealthy. Right? Does that honor God? I don't think so. If we're bringing this body to neglect... Just eating an, a huge amount of like junk food. I'm not going to put any rules here. But you know, just unnecessarily. You're just driving yourself into, like your body, just, you're tired. Uh, you, you, you're sluggish. You know, you're, you're harming your body. Uh, you may not live as long because of the things you do. I don't think that's honoring your body, right? It's not treating God's property with respect. Eating balanced meals, healthy food being active and exercising. In these ways, we honor this body. And I think it glorifies God. The second thing, it's helpful for us because it's good for us, for my growth. You know, it's interesting when you look in the New Testament how often um, the spiritual life is um, described in the language of sports, in the language of a race. Um, and I think the, I'll just give you some examples, right? The, the passage we're in, train yourself for godliness, right? That word train, again, is a, it's this exercise word, um, toil and strive. I said this before. These are words of what you do to push yourself, let's say at the gym. Philippians 3, brothers, uh, I do not consider that I've made it my own. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, I'm straining forward to what is ahead. I press on to the goal for the prize, Right, the upward call of God. This is a racist saying, and I'm not being distracted, not being distracted what's behind me. I'm focusing on the prize that's ahead of me. In 1 Timothy 6, Paul says this journey is like a fight. He says, fight the good fight of faith. And then in 2 Timothy, I have fought the good fight, he says. I have finished the race. The author of Hebrews, he says, run with endurance the race that is, that is set before us. Looking to Jesus. Why, why is it like so often in the New Testament, the Christian life is described like sports and exercise? It's because there's a parallel between what we do when we exercise and what we do in our Christian life. Right? There are strong parallels. And I, this is what I think. I think when we exercise and we're staying healthy and we're resisting you know, bad food and all of those things, it gives us the, the, the tools to then be better Christians. And it reminds us of truths that we need to be reminded of, right, even as Christians. 
Let me explain what I mean. Let's go to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9. Paul says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So Christian, run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath. Right? Back then they'd run and the winner would get like, you know, they'd get like leaves, like a celery stick on their head. And this thing would like fade away. Like it was literally a celery stick. They'd get a, like a wreath and it would fade. It would be perishable. That's what he's saying. But we run, he says, to get an imperishable wreath. We get a crown of life. We get eternal life. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body. I keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. I want to point out three things here. First, Paul says he runs for the prize, the goal, the goal that's lying before him. People run for celery, but he says, I run for a crown that will last forever, right? I don't know if you've ever run and you're like, I just need to push myself. I want to give up, but I'm going to push myself beyond like these feelings because I'm, I'm trying to get to that goal. I'm trying to hit that finish line. I'm trying to get that medal. I'm trying to climb to hit my personal best. I'm trying to do my reps to, to finish the, the set. I don't know how it works, guys. Yeah, but but we, have, we have this goal that we're aiming for. That's the Christian life. It's hard, it's difficult, want to give up, but there's a goal and we keep pushing and we keep pushing. And as we practice this physically, I think it reminds us that this is the spiritual life. It's, it's, this is the truth, right? It reminds us of the spiritual truth. This is life. I'm forgetting what lies behind. I'm pushing forward to what lies ahead. And even like, I, don't, like, I used to go to the gym a little bit, right? But even as like you keep pushing forward, like even for me, I remember as I'd exercise or I'd, I'd do reps I'd, and I'd push forward through times when I want to give up, it, it would kind of comfort me as a Christian. It's a weird thing, but like this is my life as a Christian and I'm just going to keep pushing forward through the difficulties. And I really think it can assure us and encourage us by reminding us of spiritual truths. When you hit the personal best, you hit your reps, there is joy, a sense of accomplishment, you remind yourself that this is how you will feel when you finish the Christian race. The sense of joy, knowing that you've stayed faithful until the end. And I really think it encourages us in that way. Paul also talks about how an athlete exercises self-control. You know, anyone who exercises, watches their health, you need the self-control to say no to that unhealthy pizza or chocolate cake that's lying in front of you. You know, self-control is so important in the Christian life. The Christian life is a life surrounded by temptation. And we're constantly saying no. So that we might say yes to something better. Now, when you're exercising and staying healthy, you're saying no to food. In the Christian life, we're saying no to sin. The things we're saying no to are different. But the self-control is the same. I think the person who's self-controlled in their eating is well-equipped to be self-controlled in other areas as well. And so it gives us tools that will aid us in the spiritual life. Right? Does that make sense? The self-control that we're exercising in you know, food. We exercise against sin. And also he talks about discipline. There's discipline whenever we do bodily training. You set up a plan. You stick to a routine. You stay consistent. 
you don't give up, right? That discipline that you maintain to see the growth in your life. Christian life is full of discipline. And as we learn discipline through exercise, gym, reps, getting bigger, you know, and you're seeing growth, you apply that and it gives you the tools to then apply it into the Christian life. The discipline of daily devotions, the discipline of setting a plan and sticking to it so that you may grow in godliness, the discipline of not giving up in prayer, right? As we see progress in the physical life, it gives us even sometimes the confidence to believe if I can do this for my body, I can do this in my spiritual life. By the grace and power of God, I feel like I could do that, right? And it kind of gives us that um, desire to apply discipline there as well. I think in these ways, I hope I'm not over-spiritualizing it, but I do think there's a reason why the Bible parallels sports and exercise to our Christian life. Because the things that we see there, the things that we learn there, are truths and tools that we can apply to the Christian faith. So exercise is good for my growth as a Christian. It's glory to God for my growth, and third, for the good of others. In exercise and health, it will maximize our spiritual impact. I think, now I don't need to list the benefits of why we should be healthy, right? Just for any person. Um, and in every benefit, whether it gives you more energy, or it makes you more happier, um, exercise increases your cognitive function, it makes you more creative, it reduces stress. Um, sometimes you exercise in groups and so you deepen your friendships. Um, you live longer, right? It reduces health risks. All of these things for the Christian should matter to us because that means I'm better positioned to serve others. I'm more happier, so I serve others. I have more energy to serve others. I'm living longer on this earth. This vessel that God has given to me, all the spiritual good that I might do in this world is really contained in this vessel. And so if this vessel is decaying and I live shorter, I will minimize the impact I'll have for God. The longer I stay on this earth, the longer I'll impact other people. Right? And all of the physical benefits, they can be means to which we might serve other people. Paul says, while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way. I said, if bodily training is 20%, spiritual value is 100%. And the way that I think about it is, if the spiritual is always important, that means the bodily training, that's the 20%, should really funnel that which is always important, which is the spiritual. Our body is a means by which we can pursue that which is valuable all the time the glory of God, and the good of other people. Don't let your body go to waste. It's not the only one you have, but on earth it's the one that we have. It's the vessel in which we are, God has given to us to serve other people. So be healthy and alert. Sleep properly. Don't eat, you know, cup noodles at 2 a.m. You know, those things, we, we love but. Have you noticed that when you're like, I don't know, let's say you, you sleep bad. That physical tiredness is oftentimes a spiritual limiter. And we're much more angry to our kids. We're much less unwilling to serve other people. 
that the physical flows out into the way that we can serve other people. And that's the same in all of the ways that when we exercise and the benefits that show up when we exercise. Now, I think about it as a pastor, you know, because, you know, I don't exercise. So, you know, I'm feeling, do, do as I say, not as I do. But I often think about this. I should exercise so I could be more creative. Uh, so my mind is working better. So that I can produce better sermons. So that I can impact the church, right, and help and serve the congregation. And I don't think that's an over-spiritualizing of, of thinking about exercise. We live for the glory of God. Your body is a gift from Him. How can you steward it for the sake of God and others? And so, let me summarize. Have you got a balanced, healthy view of exercise? When you hit the gym, when you go for your morning jog, when you say yes to the salad, or when you say yes to the cake, right? is this theological grid, everything I've said, is it at play? You've overvalued body and exercise when you think one of these four things. My body is most valuable, more valuable than the spiritual. My body is all I have, and we forget that we're getting a perfected body later. My body is for me, right? not for the glory of God. Or my body is my hope. And through my body, I'm gaining confidence and identity. If that is you, I think, again, reflect. Check your heart. Pray. I know this sounds silly, but before you step into the gym, pray and ask God. Make me, you know, not live for myself. May this even be a means by which I might glorify you and serve other people. Now you have the break times in between when, you, when you're resting. And you sit there and pray and think about these things. Listen to worship music, you know, instead of the dun, 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 you know, in the background. In what ways can you make sure that you're thinking in a way that aligns to God's call? But also, for those of us who may not exercise as much, there is great value in being healthy right, for God's glory, for our growth, and for other people's good. I think for all of us, we, in our heads, understand this and accept it, that these are true. And then maybe spend a bit of time reflecting on your heart, what drives you to exercise, what drives you to not exercise, and then ask, what can I change? Right, maybe for some of us, you know, praying when you go to gym, maybe for some of us, start doing some exercise. Right? People keep calling me to go bouldering, and I've changed from maybe to okay one day. <laughs> I'll go one day. But I, seriously, like I said, I've prepared this. I, I've reflected on myself, right? Um, and kids and busy and da 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 But how can I use my life best for God? Right? Let's close our eyes and let's pray. I don't know which side that you tend to lean on, Maybe you tend to overvalue your body and how you look, staying slim, being buff. Or maybe you undervalue health and eating healthy or exercising. Wherever we are, I want to invite you to wrestle with it before God and try to ask that God's word would shape the way that you see your body, shape the way that you see your health, shape the way that you see exercise. And as you ask God to shape the way that you think, Come before him honestly, bear your heart, look into what drives you and ask God to convict you and to make some changes in your life. Uh, Let's just wrestle with these things before God. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the body that you've given to me and this vessel on earth and that is a gift that I will steward.